All right. Welcome in on another episode of the Outside the Lines podcast. Today, we are going to debrief the Oklahoma game, as well as give you guys a quick little preview to the West Virginia game. And we have our record shortest interview with Marcel Spears. We've honestly been trying to have Marcel on for about a year now. I've been bothering his DMs and just, you know, annoying the hell out of him. And we finally got him. Um, The one thing is, is we have had scheduling conflicts pretty much the past year. And the only time we had with him was about 10 to 15 minutes. So it's a really quick interview. We plan to have him on sometime down the road to ask him a little bit more of our questions that we want to know about. But we asked him about Call God, as well as some of his opinions on what's going on in college football today. It's a really good interview, despite the fact that it may be about 12 minutes long. But as always, we are brought to you by BNC Fieldhouse. Head on over to BNC Fieldhouse for the best drink deals on Welch Avenue, as well as the best place to watch the big game. Head on over there for their everyday pitcher deal, vodka pitchers, rum pitchers, tequila pitchers, $5 every single day. And then, of course, Friday after class, from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m., they have $5 beer pitchers, $5 well pitchers, and $5 wraps. Yep, they got some good deals going on. Head on over there, support our boy, Ben. And without further ado, we will get into the Marcel Spears interview first, and then we'll go into our Oklahoma debrief and West Virginia preview. All right, welcome in on another episode of the Outside the Lines podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. We have Honorable mention, all Big 12 coaches poll, second team, all Big 12, and the Liberty Bowl defensive player of the game in 2017. We got Marcel Spears Jr. on. Marcel, we appreciate you finally being able to make it. How are you doing today, man? Man, good, man. Appreciate for having me, man. You know, I'm always tapped in with y'all's podcast. Always good hearing from you guys. Yeah, me and you, like we just said, you know, <laughs> trying to get on each other's schedules has been kind of crazy, but. We're making it happen right now. So Yeah. So to update the listeners, Marcel and I have been talking for, geez, I don't even know how long, but we haven't been able to align schedules. And truth be told, this is going to be a very quick interview just because, you know, scheduling's kind of been a bitch for us. But we got you here, and we're just going to roll with it. Um, and honestly, I'm just going to come out right off the gate by just asking immediately about your Call of God celebration, because that's what is probably one of my favorite celebrations. There's, you know, the one with Rory and Deshaun Hanukkah where they did the shotgun beer celebration. That <laughs> might be 1B, but I think 1A has got to be the Call of God, which is a completely different celebration. <laughs> so before I even, you know, talk about kind of what I thought was cool about it, just how, how did you kind of get that influence? Because it was contagious. All of the other players, including Mike Rose and so many others kind of caught on and, you know, did the Call of God celebration after a big play. So what made you come up with that? Yeah. So, you know, it's just, um, it was, it's just been always been a part of me. Um, it is picked up because it was so authentic. Um, we've worked so hard. I worked so hard to get to those moments. And when it happened, all I wanted to do was, you know, thank the man above you feel me. Um, without him, you know, I couldn't have done all those plays or, you know, even got to Iowa state. So, I just wanted to, you know, kind of incorporate, you know, something with my faith. And then, um, you know, talking to my brother uh, down in Louisiana, um, <laughs> he was always just, you know, say hello. Like it, it was just it was some lingo stuff, you know, that, you know, people probably picked up on now. You know, they hear it in rap songs and stuff like that. So I just kind of combined it like, you know, call God, like keeping constant communication and, um always just keep your faith and he's going to, you know, show up and show out for you, man. Yeah. I, I loved it because the first uh, couple times I saw it was the pick six against Texas tech, which if we have time, we're going to get into that game for sure. And then um, the TCU game where you, again, I, I thought it was a call game type celebration because both of which you called the game, you know, yeah. at that point <laughs> in the Texas tech game, it was over. Marcel called it. And at that, at that point in the TCU game, you know, Kyle Kemp steps on the play next and he's kneeling the ball for a huge upset win at Jack Trice. So I thought it was like a playoff call game until I saw that you said, you know, just every time something happens, whether it's good or bad, you call God just to keep in mind because, you know, the script is already written. He already has that plan for you. And I just I thought it was cool. I, I like kind of seeing where people get their motivation. I'm a God guy myself. And I, I don't know. I love it. It was 
probably my favorite celebration in recent memory, I'd say. Yeah, man, I'm glad to hear that, man. That's that's what it was supposed to do, you know, reach everybody else, you know, and and and, and try to find other people that, you know, had the same faith and, you know, just let them know that it's not even on football field. It's just you do that in regular life. Just keep them in constant communication, man. You'll be all right, man. Next time I land a sale, I'm going to call God. <laughs> facts. Big facts, man. That's major. <laughs> I got to see it. I'll, I'll, I'll let you know. I'll let you know. <laughs> So I'm going to get into it because I think that it was one of my favorite, like running, I don't know, like things or, or bits or whatever, but having back-to-back pick sixes, pick sixes against a, a team like Tech, and then also kind of having the the 66 to 10 blowout against um, a Patrick Mahomes-led Texas Tech team as well. Like, how does it feel just kind of knowing, like stepping on the field that you're like, I, I kind of own this team a little bit? <laughs> you know it's it's funny like I saw a post it was so funny to me they were like you know <laughs> Texas Tech's newest receiver it was a picture of me <laughs> <laughs> it was just so funny just hearing that and then going into like the you know I had back-to-back years with it and then um the year after that everybody's talking about we're gonna have a hat trick or we gotta get another again <laughs> it was just so funny just it, it's funny man that I'm probably their best receiver man that's crazy i mean i don't know how many of them caught two touchdowns within the span of two years within 2017 and 2018 (laughs) i mean you got you got some um something to climb on there at least man now i want to talk with you about just your relationship with a lot of the outstanding defensive players so I, i went through kind of your career with iowa state and you've been with a lot of the greats that we've had, I would say over the past couple decades. And what's been cool about Iowa state football is some of our greatest players have been within the span of the past five years. Um, you know, it's, it's just very cool to me, but guys like Will McDonald, Ryan Vance, Willie Harvey, Uazurike, Joel Lanning, who transferred from, you know, the offensive side to the defensive side, Greg Eisworth, PV Payne, Cotton Moya, Ray Lima, Jake Hummel, and of course, Mike Rose. And I mean, I didn't even mention all of them. So I, what was it like just playing with like such a stacked defensive unit like that? Cause I mean, we haven't always had that in the history of Iowa state and geez, we had some outstanding defensive players during your time. Man, it's like, it's a once in a lifetime feeling like all those people that you named, you know, it just goes way above like playing on that field. Like every single one of those dudes that you named off, man, like, I can just call anytime, and I know they're going to pick up. I know we're going to have a great conversation. I know it's going to be all love. So being able to be on the field with those type of dudes, going to war every time, knowing that they got your back and you got theirs, no matter what, win, lose, like we're going out the same way we came in type deal, it's, it's, it's a crazy feeling, man. So, yeah, shout out to all them boys, man. Nothing but love for them. Yeah, you didn't name you didn't name everybody too. It's crazy. That's crazy. You forgot. I was just about to say, for the sake of time, I missed a lot. I think. Yeah, man, we we play with play with Wilts too. You know, mm-hmm. he he just tore his ACL, but he was um he he's he's been in the league going you know handling his business, mm-hmm. and uh, him, PV, and uh, Cotton Moya, I give them a lot of credit for my style of play. Yeah. When I got there, yeah, when I got there, I barely, like, knew, like, um, you know, past concepts and, like, trying to, you know, understand, like, you know, if there's an under route or something like that, there's going to be something behind you. Don't bite the cheese, you know, and it, it kind of, you know, helped me, you know, get the stats that I did. So, yeah, shout out to those dudes, man. I mean, that makes sense. And, um you know, this was something I wasn't sure we were going to have time for, but one thing that was fun watching you just on the defensive side of the ball was your instincts. You know, that's something that I think you can, you can kind of coach as best as you can, but at the end of the day, I think that's one of those things you kind of have or you don't, but some people have it brought out in them. And I think you've always had really good natural instincts, but you could tell on, especially like the, the like, you know, the certain pass concepts that you were defending, you really jump the balls very well. And I think I even saw in an interview where you're talking about the um, pick you had against TCU to steal the game, you were watching Kenny Hill's eyes. And when he leaped over to the inside, you know, that's kind of when you broke on it and you're able to see that. And obviously 
um, you know, your ability to kind of maneuver your body too. So you're able to juggle the ball and give yourself time to reel it in. That's just something that not all, especially linebackers have from like a, a defending the pass standpoint. So that makes sense that you learned a lot from, you know, really outstanding kind of defensive backs like them. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Major props to them, man. You know, and it's the best way to get off the field when you're tired. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're crashing, you know, you're crashing heads and CTE, concussions. You know, I'd rather, you know, get a pick and sit down, let the offense do what they got to do. <laughs> Love that. Um, I mean, you kind of touched on like sort of the mentality that the defensive staff or, or players had. Um, you know, you were kind of a part of Iowa State football when it transitioned to a new coaching staff. Do you think that was something that Campbell and the new coaches kind of brought or was that something that the players kind of had as well as kind of this bonding of like, hey, you know, we're still going to be Iowa State um, and like stay here regardless of the coaches or, or a combination of it or, or just kind of talk more about how that that transition and then, you know, the kind of the success of especially, you know, like, you know, 2016 to 2017 and that that big jump in, in you know on-field performance yeah so I feel like it was a it was a combination um coach Campbell and his staff man love them to death um they wanted nothing less than success like they wanted perfection and that's what you know we kind of didn't have you know before he got there you know it was okay you know if you lost you know they're still the fans are still going to be there we have loyal fans so they're still going to be there whether you win or lose but coach Campbell he was like man I want to win a championship we need to win Iowa we need to win so when he came in with that mentality then it was the combination of okay there's players that always kind of wanted this but never really had the leadership and then there was players that just kind of fell off so it was kind of bridging the gap um, between that time and once we kind of you know Mashed and uh, had good chemistry between players and coaches, coaches and players. That's when we started rolling. So, yeah, it it, it took it takes two to tango. It takes two to tango, and everybody had to make sacrifices. The coaches had to change a lot, and just to you know be able to help us and put us in the best situations. And we had to you know make sure that when the coaches were speaking, we had to you know make sure we're on our P's and Q's and make sure we just do our 111. That's the main thing. You don't do anybody else's job. Just do your 111. We'll be all right. I love that. Um, now this is, I, this might be my last question just cause I got to hop on a meeting soon here, but I just thought this was very interesting. So I'm sure you probably saw the fight that broke out between Michigan state and Michigan where they were sharing a tunnel. And it was like weirdly reminiscent of a couple um you know, situations at Iowa State, but more so, I would say, like the band being escorted out the wrong way for the Iowa State game. And I saw a good debate kind of break out, which is, do you blame the environment and like the lack of structure in that setting? And essentially, do you blame the fact that they had to share a tunnel together in a very highly, you know, cold-blooded rivalry game like Michigan State versus Michigan or even Iowa or Iowa State? Or is that more so something that, is kind of on either the coaching staff or the players when some like major blunder like that happens. I don't know. It's just a current event. I figured, you know, you, you're in the midst of it more than anyone else, especially playing linebacker where you're getting hit all the time. Yeah. You know, the environment does play, you know, a big part of it. You know, if you're in a hostile environment, you're going to possibly, you know, do some hostile things, but, um, you know, it's sad to say, I don't want to say this, but it's just like the video. Like, the more you F around, the more you're going to find out. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's just <laughs> like, hey, y'all, y'all, you know, you were sharing a tunnel. Like, you didn't, you didn't have to, you know, do what you had to do. So, <laughs> it's, 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 it's bittersweet. You know, I, environment you know there was a lot of things that could have just been avoided I felt like but they wanted to find out so (laughs) I guess so yeah Yeah, and I also have a horrible knack of just ending these interviews with probably the most Debbie Downer question I possibly could but I don't know I, I thought it was so unique just because 
one thing we commonly see at Iowa State is just these guys who are hyper mature, they're athletic, super, you know, intelligent people. And I just can't necessarily see Iowa State getting wrapped up in anything like that. But I mean, I know that sometimes things get a little, you know, heated in the moment. So I, I wanted to get a player's perspective because I thought it was a is an interesting argument, but I, I think I agree with you. At the end of the day, you got to, you know, put that on yourself and have that maturity just to let them walk right beside you. I mean, have that mutual respect for the game. Hey, they, they beat us on the field. It is what yeah. it is. You at know? The end, yeah. At the end of the day, like you got to understand, like you're a football player. You're just playing football. It's, it's a game. So <laughs> all of that other stuff, there's people that's coming from different, you know, environments and you don't know what is going to provoke a certain person. Like you don't know these people. So yeah, like when you go into unknown environments, you can't just, you know, do whatever you want. That's so dangerous. So just play football, you know, and do what you can do violently on the field. But once you're off, you just know it's done. Once it hits mm -hmm. zero, it's done. It's, it's legal on the field. And now you might exactly. face legal ramifications if it's off. But, uh, exactly. Yeah. You know, I, dude, I, I appreciate you making it work with us. And I'm so sorry for the little amount of time that we had. We're, we're going to do this again because I have at least like 10 other questions. Like we could be talking for hours <laughs> here, Marcel. So we'll, hey, make, we'll find sure. a time where we can get you on a little bit longer. OK, yeah, we'll, we'll get on in 2026 for sure. You are the man. Hey, um, one thing though that we do for our listeners before we sign off is we just give them a quick little roll clone. So again, I appreciate you taking whatever time you had today to talk with us, man, and roll clones. Hey man, roll clones, man. Appreciate you guys. Keep doing y'all's thing. I'm loving the podcast. I love you know talks. Um, you had a lot of legends on here, and I'm just you know, add one you more know. to that. Add one more legend to that, Marcel. <laughs> oh, man, it's, it's, it's an honor. It's an honor. Appreciate you guys, man. Keep doing it. I'm tapped in with y'all. Uh, God bless y'all, man. We appreciate the support, man. You're the best. Yeah, thank you, Marcel. Roll clones, baby. All right. Thanks again to Marcel for coming on. Um, like I said, quick interview, but it was a lot of fun just having him. You, you can tell he just got really good energy. We loved kind of talking with him just because I think, truth be told, Newt, was he our first defensive player we've had on for an interview? Hmm. He has to be. I think so. I, that's almost bad. That's a bad thing. I, or maybe our first non-pass catcher we've even had to, aside from Jirel. But no, it was it was good. And that's kind of why we want to have him on again. We really need to develop our defensive uh, mindset. Sometimes we get so stuck in our offensive rut. But it was really good change of pace. Um, you can just tell he's such a good guy too. You, you can tell that he just kind of has this, you know, natural leadership ability. You know, he just embodies kind of like a lead by example type guy. I don't know. Big fan of Marcel. Yeah, it was a lot of fun having Marcel on. Um, I felt like we both had a ton more questions that we could talk to him about, and hopefully we'll we'll get the opportunity to to do that down the road. But he he was a lot of fun to to get his insight, and he was obviously kind of part of the the turnaround at Iowa state football, um, you know, which I think it's always as fans, we kind of love to hear, you know, kind of what went on in the locker room, how the, the team atmosphere, all that kind of stuff went. So um, it's know, always getting it, the, it's always interesting getting the transition between um, roads to Campbell too. I think that's just, it's such a common question we ask, but I think it's different for every single person that was involved in it. So um, really good insight there. All right, should we quit delaying and talk some Oklahoma game? It was a I pretty bad so. one. I guess so. <laughs> it was rough. I mean, first game we lost by more than a possession. Um, and yeah, let's just let's just kind of call it like it is. It didn't really look too close the entire game. I think, you know, for the most part, we were within a, a possession. So it felt like, I don't know, maybe this is classic Iowa State. He was gonna surprise us and give us a heart attack toward the end, but they just kind of slowly kept pulling away. They kept and the worst part was to me, Newt, dude, they figured out our offense more and more as the game progressed. Like we just got even worse as we went on. I don't know. It, it just didn't look like we were making the adjustments we needed to, but Oklahoma was, it was a hard game to watch. I don't know what else you want to say, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, I haven't been able to to watch the last couple of games uh, due to, to travel and things that have occurred. 
And I'm kind of glad I didn't watch this one um, just based on, <laughs> on kind of what I heard, what, you know, sort of I was able to see sort of the, the post game Cyclone Twitter reaction and stuff. And I guess it's just more of the same here of, of the offense. It seems like maybe this is one where the defense was struggled a little bit more. But I mean, they held a Oklahoma to, you know, 150 passing yards. Um, a lot more rushing and stuff like that, but that's going to happen when, you know, Oklahoma's kind of controlling the game throughout, but yeah, I don't know, man, this, this offense is just like, it's such, I mean, 13 points against an Oklahoma defense that has been horrendous. You know, like we talked about this, like, is this offense going to score more than 24 points in big 12 play? I don't, I don't know. Are we going to score more than 24 points against like, an actual power five opponent this year. That's kind of supposed to be one of the better defenses we played. I mean, I don't think it's, it's shaping out that way for Baylor, but I don't know. It, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I, I think it's just kind of hard. Like you said this last week, you know, I think it's pretty easy for big 12 opponents to scheme against us. Like it's not really all too hard to prepare against our offense, unfortunately. And this is, I think Deckers kind of has a little bit of that hero ball in him where he plays his best when his back is up against the wall. I don't have the stats in front of me. I can, I can probably get an answer to you guys um, before the episode concludes, but we were converting every single fourth down. It felt like, but downs one through three, we couldn't do shit. We just couldn't. And I think, uh, yeah, you know, we threw 57 times. (laughs) we threw 57 times against them against one of, if not the worst defense on the run game in the big 12. Um, You know, we had 80 total rush yards, which is basically a hundred yards less than the next worst team against Oklahoma. Every other big 12 team has at least 200 rush yards with the exclusion of Kansas. I think they had like 175. We had 80. We had 80. It's I, I mean, we kind of mentioned it last episode too, but this is, I think we're seeing, you know, essentially what Tom Manning can, can't do when he doesn't have an, an NFL uh, talented running back back there to rely on, you know, I, mean, like, I disagree. I think he's showing us all that he can do. <laughs> I well, think I'm showing, Tom like, Manning at his best. He, it, we're, we're seeing him like for his true self, like he's yeah. not being able to hide behind Brees Hall ripping off a 75 yard touchdown. Like he doesn't have any home run type hitter guys really on this team. And this team has just like, you know, to not be able to even get close 66 rushing yards and Hunter Deckers is our leading rusher against, like you said, an Oklahoma team that has allowed uh, each opponent to go for 200 rushing yards against it um, in big 12 play is just like, I mean, and it's just, it's the same thing of like, like we've talked about, like this offense has been pathetic besides playing two non-power five schools this year. Mm-hmm. It's not been impressive. It's been bad. It's been ugly. You know, even against Baylor, we were down like, you know, two possessions, most of that game too. So it's like, you're kind of even like, it would be nice if it wasn't just like this offense playing from behind or playing against, yeah. you know, like a defense that could be, giving up stuff a little bit like this, this offense never gives this team the lead. Never. The defense is never really like in a position, like the defense always just has to hold (laughs) like no matter what the defense has to hold or come up with stops and shit. And it's asking way too much of them. And if they're not, if the defense isn't on, we're not in games. And it's just, it's honestly embarrassing to see this offense score 11 points against Kansas, Mm -hmm. um, nine Mm -hmm. points against K state, three field goals, you know, and then 13 points against Oklahoma. All, all of these are like, you know, I, I don't know. It's just, we scored the exact same amount of points against Oklahoma as UTEP as UTEP. Yeah. We, we scored less points against them than Nebraska. Holy <laughs> shit. And, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to be a complete a-hole here, um, the defense did let up 27 points in all fairness. That was the least amount of points that, um, Oklahoma has scored all year with the exclusion of Texas. When again, five different people attempted to pass that game, Dylan Gabriel wasn't playing. So I don't really want to loop that Texas game in with their other performances. So 
Dylan Gabriel behind center scored the least amount of points he has in an Oklahoma uniform. I lied. I lied. Never mind. They scored 24 against TCU. My bad. Okay. My bad there. Um, so, uh, oh, whatever. I, I think Dylan actually did get injured the game against TCU though. So whatever. Yeah. I mean, with T with Dylan playing a full game, this is the least amount of points they've scored. Um, I had a, dude, this is me grasping at straws. I'm grasping at straws right now trying to find good things to say. Uh, you know what? Jace Gilbert, he was decent today. Now I'm going to give him a solid D E C E. He was decent. You know, hit some field goals, made like a 47 yarder. There we go. There, there are some positives. Dimitri Stanley played kind of well. Had He's a leading receiver. Yeah. Jalen Noel found the end zone again. See, we're not we're not all just Debbie Downers here on this podcast. I mean, Newt usually is, but I, I try and bring some some sort of positive energy. Look, this I don't know how you can have positive energy watching this team. Like the last the last five weeks have been brutal and they haven't made adjustments. That that's like the, that's thing, the worst part. That's the thing that's frustrating is like I want to give a shit if like after losing a couple in a row, they tried to change some things up, you know, try to adapt the offense a little bit, whatever, take risks. But they are, we've talked about this, the definition of insanity. They are the definition of insanity right now. If they're doing oh, yeah. the same shit and expecting a different result. And it's like, okay, if you can only score 11 points against Kansas and only score 13 points against Oklahoma, these are two of the worst defenses in the Power Five like conference. And you're putting up a combined 24 points over 30 minutes against, or 120 minutes against these teams. Like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? Um, that's not a recipe for success. Like, you should be coaching for your job a little bit. You know, like, I think that's the other thing is like, you know, like Matt Campbell's not going anywhere. No one wants Matt Campbell going. Anywhere. We're not saying anything about Matt Campbell. Like no. we love him, but no, we're saying we like, Matt. he, he it's also true. has to adjust his staff maybe at some point. Like, yeah. you know, like this is something that's like, Hey man, like you have your players, you had this, like, and we're on five in big 12 play. And we've played what we were expected, like our cupcakes, you know, like, you know, West Virginia is kind of our last winnable game here. I don't even know if we're favorited. I like, I like, I, I want to, the way that this team has been playing since the, like the Iowa and Ohio game, like even the Iowa game was super ugly. That was two teams trying not to win the game. Mm-mm. And, Mm-mm. and, and we got the win, but it was just You're playing like, like chicken shit, scared football, both Iowa and Iowa state. And that's, that's what it's been the entire year. That's, that's what, that's the, that you could describe the offense as chicken shit, scared football the entire year, because that's like, they don't take risks. They don't try and stretch out the defense. They don't try to be aggressive. I feel like I'm a broken record because this is what we said on the last podcast. We're like, we need them to do something. Like we need to see some life out of this. Like, they need to realize that what they're doing is not working. And like, yeah, you have an offensive system or whatever, but like there are certain route things that you can change or you can whatever, but like this offense needs a spark because whatever's going on right now is just, it's not working and it sucks to watch. Like it's, it's just, it's terrible to watch this team try and play week in and week out. I think that's the thing. That's the most disappointing thing is that like, I'm never, I'm not it. Like I was excited even for our games when we like sucked or were not good because yeah. it was like, I don't no, know. Like, you know, like, like, yeah. Yeah. And like this team sucks and is not good, but it's like, it's also like demoralizing because like we, I feel like we've already had our high for the year and now it's just like, you're like at the end of the roller coaster and it's just like, Oh, you're just like cruising to the finish. You're like, well, like this is fun. Can't wait for like a year from now, you know, like that, that's how I feel. I'm like, I'm more excited for basketball season to start right now. And that's like, not how I ever am. Like I am a football, like a college football person. Oh yeah. And I'm like, I don't care about this team because watching them has made me so goddamn frustrated um, over the last, you know, these just big 12 play has just been super frustrating. You know, this is a team that say what we want about the first three games. We kind of had the idea of, you know, we talked about like, Hey, Baylor's going to be a good test. We'll see if, you know, maybe we're going to be competitive in the big 12 and, and whatever. And now it's like, this team is not going to make a bowl game. This team is just not even playing like, you know, like inspiring football. It doesn't even lead you to feel hope for next year. I think, I think that's the thing that's like kind of hard about it is that you're like, yeah, defense is great, but like this offense, unless 
something drastic happens is really going to keep, you know, preventing them from taking a step forward. So. Yeah. And and I mean, you know, you, you said, uh, it doesn't look like we change anything up, you know, there's no, we don't threaten the field at all. We don't spread the ball out. Like we need to like downfield. And I think that is exactly what Deckers is too, which is kind of frustrating. Um, I know I, I gave a bad example of Justin Fields and how Nagy used him, but like, it's just, you, you can see the difference in quarterback play when you, you know, lean into their strengths. And right now we're asking him to just like play kind of chicken shit, scared football. And I think that's kind of knocking a little bit of his confidence and, you know, just kind of, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I feel like we're constantly playing to lose the game or to maybe maintain like a three score lead rather than just like going to kick some ass. Um, and you know what, maybe, maybe I'm bagging on Manning a little too much. Maybe it is just the natural, you know, elephant in the room of just not as talented of a roster this year as we probably are in the past. Like two things can probably be true at once. Um, That's, it's fine if you're not as talented, but mm-hmm. you should be scheming or game planning to like make up for those things in talent. And they're not doing that either. Like, it's like, I don't care if you're not talented, but like try and take risks to like, I mean, we certainly have capable players, like very good. Yeah. We, we have, we have Xavier Hutchinson, who's one of the best wide receivers in college football. We like, you know, Jarrell Block has shown that he, he can be good. The, I think the, like, we still don't know what Deckers is, honestly. Like, no. there's flashes at times of of whatever, and then there's other times where it's like, okay, he's still, you know, trying to figure things out. But like, regardless, like, even if you there is, we've had a talent discrepancy. Almost, Campbell's had a talent discrepancy almost the entire time he's been at Iowa State. He came in with Rhodes as players. Like the the cover was like basically bare. He's been getting his guys and his recruits in, and like, I I think that's just one of the like that's kind of a, a, you know, like you lose guys, but that's kind of a bullshit excuse because like, is yeah. Like, you know, we lost Brock Purdy. We lost some probably big locker room guys. We lost Brees Hall and stuff, but that was known. Like, that's the other thing. It's like, this was known. This was anticipated. And even the team last year didn't meet expectations at all. I think that's the other thing of just like, it's been kind of two straight years of disappointing Iowa state football. Now, you know, like this, you know, it's great. We beat Iowa. Cool. Like, I, I think this is answered the long age question of would you, if you beat your rival and then like lost out the rest of the games, would you still be happy? My answer is no. Cause this fucking sucks. Um, <laughs> this is terrible. I would much rather be like competitive in the big 12 and whatever, take another loss to Iowa. Like, sure. It'll be fun to like tweet and brag about that. And it's funny that like Iowa kind of sucks this year too, that like, at least we're not getting shit on of like, you know, I was having whatever, and they're like, "Wow, well, I would say it's a, a dumpster fire or whatever." But I, I don't like that. I, I I honestly kind of hate the talent discrepancy thing. I, I I hate it. I understand like you're losing a quarterback and and you know an NFL running back and stuff like that. But they've done that before. Like they've lost an NFL running back before. We've lost talent at at receiver, like receiving options stuff like that. The defense lost so much like they only had what three or four returning starters and they're still kicking ass because John Heacock is a monster. He's very fucking good. That's, at scheming. that's a great comparison. Like, like you our know? defense is, defense is the same well fucking thing. We, we lost so many linebackers yeah. and yeah, Will McDonald's is back, but this defense has proven year in and year out that it can adapt because of mm-hmm. scheme and how it prepares for its opponents. And the offense right now is showing that it can't. And I'm sorry, but the common denominator here is, the offensive coordinator is not doing a good job of adapting to the players that he has or the scheme that he has. And we're seeing it. It's, it's trying to fit a square peg in a round hole and it's not working. And there's no adjustment of like, Oh, Hey, maybe I should try and find the round peg. It's like, no, I'm going to keep jamming the square peg into this round hole and see if something happens. And it's like, you guys are own five in the big 12 do something else. that's different. You haven't won a game or looked like they've been competitive, but they haven't been competitive offensively like the entire time. Like that's the thing. They've been competitive defensively. Dude. And oh man. So first of all, I I gotta say something. Um, our special teams on that touchdown that Oklahoma ran, first of all, 
it was just a really good call. It was a good call by Oklahoma. It was a perfectly executed special teams play. Um, and a part of me wants to just bag on special teams there, but maybe maybe two things can be true at once. I think Venables might have seen that hole open up maybe in a previous play. Anyway, it was a perfectly executed special teams, um, you know, trick play there. Um, I don't know though, but and this is going a little off topic, but you know, last week when Campbell said specifically. Special teams is one of those things where you want all your coaches involved. That's a lot to put on one person. And we've had a lot of success doing it how we do in the past. Thanks we haven't had success. <laughs> Dude, literally. We, we've been worse at social teams every single year every since Matt Campbell has been here. 2016, we were eighth. 2017, 62. And I'm just going to go down the, the road. 62, 66, 84, 90, 101, now 115 this year. So, like, literally, I, that's that's kind of one of those frustrating moments where, like you said, I think – Campbell's not going anywhere, at least in our eyes. We don't want him to, but maybe he does kind of need to look in the mirror with a little bit of a staff. And I mean, Bonamago, say what you want. We've gotten actually only worse. And it, it was almost like literally the meme. It's like we, we, our expectations were already low. We did not expect it to go any lower though. It's like the, there was only so much lower you can go. And somehow Venables found that way. And it's kind of like you said with Tom Manning, like, I think, you know, we're just not finding certain, I just don't like the play calling just straight up. I don't, it was fourth and one. Um, we were on our three yard line. There's a minute left in the game. We were down two scores. So like it probably wasn't going to go anywhere, but what we do is we run a play action. We don't even roll out Decker. So we don't even give him the ability to run it in for a one yard. That's all we need one yard. So we fake the handoff and then Decker's throws a fade, um, throws it a little off target for Xavier Hutchinson in the end zone and is not quite in his grasp, but that was it. Then that was a goal line stand for Oklahoma on fourth and one when we were driving down the field the entire time. And again, I'm looking at that play thinking I probably want to have dictated the outcome of the game much, but nonetheless, that's, that's just like a classic Tom Manning moment. Fourth and one, if you can't get a yard, then you don't deserve to win the game. And what do we do? We fake the handoff. Don't even roll out Deckers. So we don't even give him the option to run for one yard. And instead he sits in the pocket throws a, a fade off target to Xavier and that's how the game is lost. It's just frustrating, man. And, it, and it's just like, what, what the hell kind of play calling is that when you need to get one yard against the worst rushing defense in all of big 12, you're not going to put that on any of your guys there. And also Oklahoma's defensive line is not that great. We had some plays where we were pushing them around and some plays where we didn't look that great either. So it's just, it's a lot of it to me is it's the play calling. And I, I think, like I said, two things can be true at once. Maybe our, our players aren't quite as good as they were last year, but it should not be this bad. Um, yeah, and I mean, our, our offense just doesn't look that great. You know, there's one good thing I want to say. I'm going on a little bit of a rant here. Um, Decker's had a really good run. He had a good run. We were about to, like, basically take a safety. And what did I say, Newt? The Red Sea parts. When the Red Sea parts take it and run. All he had to do was just run kind of straight and outrun a couple people. And he ran for like 35 yards and that gave us a huge, you know, jolt of energy only to throw a pick on the very, uh, yeah, play. I was going to say, and, and then what happened <laughs> <laughs> only to throw a pick on the following play. But that was the first time in a long time in which I saw Deckers like run to his ability. And I don't know if that was coaching. I don't know if that was him just making that decision on his own, but that's how you run Deckers keep running that way. And, and I, oh my gosh, a lot of these designed run concepts are just killing me watching him. Oh man. I, yeah, I, I'm, I gotta, I gotta calm myself down here because it was just a rough game offensively I, overall. I, I think the other thing that worries me too with this is that like, we've even seen it when we've kind of had maybe like more arm talented quarterbacks or like less improv quarterbacks kind of thing. Like, you know, like even when Jacob Park was here or things like that, like, they didn't fit the offense well or the offense wasn't tailored to them and then other people stepped up like you know Kyle Kemp was great but it's not like Kyle Kemp was some crazy quarterback there's a reason why Kyle Kemp was like a fifth year senior who had not played at all and he had success because of like sort of what this offensive system is or what they're like maybe looking for in it and it's like I don't know like even just thinking about that like that worries me because it's like Deckers is a good talented like high recruited like player and it just seems like yeah and it just seems like this 
they like came into the year and they're like, what do we do with this? And, and like, you know, and it's like, I mean, probably Brock Purdy type offense, right? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. (laughs) Well, and and it's just, it's, I don't know. We've said this, like you also recruited this guy, like you envision this person in your system. These are all players that they envision in their system and that they've like openly wanted to get on the team and so it like is even a little bit more baffling when that's the case versus like, you know, I, I can get in the first couple of years of like, yeah, you're just trying to work with the talent players that you have and that you could retain at Iowa State and stuff. But it's just like, I don't know. It it I, I think it goes back to the word of just frustrating. It makes me frustrated because like we're kind of seeing, you know, the, it's been a long time where it's just like we haven't had positive iowa state football things like feel good about like last year sucked to watch honestly it was not a fun football year because it it was like we were in every game but we were kind of the better team every time and we didn't close out games we kind of you know you could say got out coached or out schemed or whatever the result was but for the most part we were the more talented team against most of the teams that we played against last year barring maybe like oklahoma and clemson at the end of the year Mm -hmm. and and then it's just like you know, whatever talent leaves this year and stuff, but it then it's like kind of these same sort of issues or problems of like, we should be doing better than this. We should not be scoring 11 points against a Kansas defense that allows like anyone to put 30 points on it. Same with the Oklahoma defense. Like, you know, like we should not be just like, and it's like, I don't know. We're fans. We're not coaches. We're, we're always going to admit that, you know, like this is just like shit that we're frustrated with as fans, but it's just like, this team can't stop the run against anyone, but yet somehow we can only run for like 80 yards against them. And like 30 of those yards are on a hunter Decker's scramble. Like you said, like mm-hmm. what is going on? You know, <laughs> like what is seriously kind of going on? Like what are they prepping? What are they trying to do or target or what are the game plans? Or I don't know. Like, and like we said, like on the other side of the ball, that hasn't been an issue, talent loss, whatever. Hecox been able to get people to go into whatever his system is or whatever and have has had great success year over year, regardless of talent loss. And I I just I can't buy that excuse for this offense and kind of this team a little bit when we've seen even like last year, like it was kind of frustrating to watch this team play. Um, and for the most part, that was some offensive stuff. And then this year it's it's the same thing of, of special teams and offense, and it's just like you you like we love Matt Campbell. We just we really hope that he can maybe realize. Like I I think this is one thing that was like, well, <laughs> like, we don't call for people's jobs. Well, yeah, you know, maybe we. Have. But we're calling for a job. Um, <laughs> but it's like it's like you know it's it's also just like you have to kind of know when a change needs to be made. That's all, like they say that like being a head coach is more like being like a CEO or whatever because like you have to be able to manage others and trust them to like do their jobs. But then you also have to realize if someone is not doing their job and holding things back and make a change that can help improve the organization. And I think that's just where we're at. Like, it's a frustrating thing to hear him say that about special teams. Like every coach should be in on special teams. It's like, no, actually shouldn't shouldn't be at all. Every other, every professional organization has a dedicated special teams coach because it's that important. You know, we said this before, mm-hmm. like if you're a running back coach, your first emphasis is going to be making sure that the running backs focus on the running back drills. And then they're like, hey, we're going to sprinkle in some special teams. Can you can you sprinkle in some special teams? Like that's not going to be a priority to anyone. Like you need to have someone whose priority is special teams and special teams is a huge component of it. It's where the biggest, you know, we talked to Rory. It's, it's where the biggest field position changes occur in the game. So it's a, a very easy way to get you know, 10, 15 yards more than you might not, you know, like scheming up a 10 to 15 yard play is hard. That's the first down, whatever, you know, like, like, so it's just, it's, it's those kind of things that I think like are, are leaving us a little frustrated because it's like, it's like, okay, you know, we love Camel. We love what's happened, what you've done, the culture, the people, like the players, the buying and everything like that, the atmosphere, but like, you know, you also have to be willing to adapt and change when things get a little bit hard. And I think that's what we're hoping for is, is this a willingness to adapt and change. And, you know, we haven't seen it this season and, and that's been aggravating. You lose five straight and haven't looked good on offense the entire time. It's like, okay, do something, you know, 
but um, you know, yeah, ranting. We, we both are. We both are. And I, I'm not at all blaming this game on the refs. Honestly, I don't think any of our games really can be blamed on the refs at all. But I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention. You know, there is a. I think Decker's first pick of the game. He threw a pretty off-target ball to Dimitri Stanley down the field, and like with, I don't know two of the three camera angles, you can tell that the ball is obviously out and that it's like hitting the ground um, indisputably too. Like this isn't something that is like, Oh, I don't know. No, you, the ball has evidence it's on the ground and it wasn't even reviewed. That was really frustrating, really, really frustrating. And then there was another time where Decker's threw a downfield to Xavier. The ref was literally eight yards away. I'm looking at it right now. He was eight yards away from the call. And the defender, I don't know his name, was handsy with him for, I'm counting it, 20 yards downfield and ended up tripping Xavier. And the ball was probably within like an arm's length away for Xavier to make a play. And nothing was called. And it's just like, oh, geez, like this, we have been having a lot of really bad, bad, bad calls that changed like the trajectory of a game. And again, this game was going to be lost with or without the refs help, but like that is, it's frustrating. It's, it's like, at, it's having insult to injuries. Like, man, we have to watch this offense play and you're not going to give us a break on anything. Uh, it's just some bullshit. Um, now the defense, I, I, I said, Eric Gray is very good. I think I've been most in, impressed by him this year than any other player, you know, as, as kind of like a, a come out player this year. Um, Rush. I wasn't expecting for him to rush over 100 yards. Um, there was, I think it was Oklahoma's second touchdown they threw. It was a really bad broken coverage on Farouk's touchdown, and it was pretty embarrassing. And the worst part was there was another receiver open for a touchdown on the complete opposite side of the field. Like, I don't know what happened. If someone, if someone had to have tripped, some defensive back had to have tripped for them to get that wide open. Um, I, I don't know. You know, I, I just think that play overall was just a completely busted coverage where they could have gotten a touchdown multiple different ways on that play but yeah the run game I wasn't expecting that ah man tough game I do, do you have anything else on there that's um that's not us just ranting I, I think it's just it's hard especially I think this defense faces a lot of pressure now because they know that they almost have to play perfect to like win games that was actually I, what I meant to ask Marcel how frustrating is it to be on a defense when the offense isn't quite carrying their weight you know and and, and I think like that's the thing that they almost know at this point too because it's just like and whenever you're like anything in life, when you're like, I have to be perfect going into this thing, you're going to fuck up because you're going to be like overthinking everything. You're not going to like allow it to like naturally just come to you and stuff. And I think that's just like, it's, it's all impacts at all. You know, it's like, you know, or whatever the rising tide raises all ships, but it also lowers all ships too. You know, if, if, if something's not holding up its end of the deal, then it's as hard for you to continue to like do or create or whatever, or you feel this like immense pressure to always like have to step up. And sometimes you just can't like, it's also hard because like the defense can't step up when the offense is not able to maintain drives or they get tired or they're on the field much longer, like things like that, that it's just like, all right, defense got to do something again, you know, like mm-hmm. turnover two minutes into the game. You got to stop Oklahoma right away and, and hope you hold them to a field goal so we can stay in this, you know, like things like that. That's just like, it's not putting them in a position to be successful. And like, there's only so much that they can do to where it's like, you, ha- you know, it's like you have to, at some point be like, Hey, you have to, you guys have to pull your weight, you know, like, and I think that's what's getting to of like, and I think that's what we're frustrated with is that like there's not even like a change or like Im- implementation that's been made of this offense trying to pull its way. It's 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 trying to do the same thing and hoping for a different result. And that is the definition of insanity. And that's why it's so frustrating to watch as a fan. Yeah. Nope, definitely. Um, moving on to West Virginia. You know, this is this like might be our savior game. It's like, oh, shit. Are we going to be last in the Big 12? Well, in comes West Virginia, and this one actually could be a little spicy, New. I don't know. I think uh, looking at West Virginia's just box score 
and their overall record is the most JT Daniels thing ever. Like the dude just has the ability to just sling it sometimes. And then the other, whatever it is, the other three times out of four, the dude just can't quite get it done. So the, their only conference win coming against Baylor in a shootout where it was 43, excuse me, 43, 40. Um, that one was a surprise. I did not think at all that that would happen, but they've also gotten blown out by 48, 10 to Texas tech, who I don't think is that good. <laughs> um, they lost 38 to 20 versus Texas um, and TCU 41 to 31 uh, and then Kansas 55, 42. So I, I don't know, man. I, I think um, that they're not a good team. <laughs> I mean, we should hopefully come in and expect to win this game, but the way that we've played versus the way that they played. I mean, they can put up points. We can't, that's what I'm afraid of. So I, I think if we can kind of stop their offense and who knows, and maybe, maybe we can win this game 13, 10, <laughs> but I, I don't know, dude, I, I'm not getting my hopes up for anything nowadays. I have no, like, yeah, this is a battle for the basement. We beat West Virginia. We technically would not be in last anymore in the Big 12. Yippee. Um, it also keeps us like potentially bowl eligible if we can somehow beat Oklahoma State and TCU on the road. Um, yeah. And in tech, right? We haven't played tech yet, right? We still have to play tech. Um, yeah. But like we'd need to beat one of those two teams on the road as well. Um, which uh, TCU we've said this TCU is our destiny like this team is not lot. beating TCU at this point I, dude I, don't I was know. Hope, like like uh, like I said until we this team is oh, until this team decides to make any adjustments offensively I'm not gonna have any hope because it's like it Less, will also be so fucking annoying at the end of the year if they actually do adjust or change or aggressive in the last game of the year because they're playing like a ranked TCU and they're playing spoiler. And it'd be like, fuck you. Why didn't you do that against like K state? Why weren't you doing this shit earlier in the year? You know, like I but think that's that exactly be, Iowa state. No, that's, I think that'd be, no, 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 that's old. Iowa state. that's like Paul Rhodes bullshit of like, Hey guys, no one <laughs> believes in us. It's like, this isn't a team that no one believes in. This is a team that's been ranked in the CFP for multiple times, multiple years. This is a team that has like I trust Campbell more than I distrust Manning. That's that's where I disagree with you. Cause I, I don't I don't totally disagree with you, but I just think Campbell is the type of coach he's good enough to pull a bunny out of his hat when his back is up he, against he the wall. is, but it's like like I'm saying, like I think I'd be just frustrated with it at this point because like why are you not pulling the bunny out of your hat till like a meaningless game that doesn't even get us into a bowl or could potentially change our season? Like at this point, they can't really change the season. Like they could get some momentum here, homecoming, West Virginia at home to then go on the road and play Oklahoma State. And if they look good against Oklahoma State, cool. Then it's like, yeah, maybe they can have some momentum going into next season. But like at this point, like one little fluky bullshit win where they maybe like use flea flickers and trick plays and stuff like that. It's just like, it's going to be frustrating because like, where was this when the offense was struggling in these games that were one possession that you were too afraid to be a little risky or take some chances. And that's why we lost. I, I think that's something that like, it would just, it would be disappointing to see that, you know, it would be like a, it would show that they're still like conservative and afraid because they're only doing it because the game is like, quote unquote, meaningless. You know, like I think that's the thing that would annoy me about it is like they won't try and be like aggressive or different until they know that like it's like, well, it's the last game of the year. We can't be bowl eligible. You know, we might as well go out and have some fun. It's like, okay, like why? Where's that mentality or like this idea on offense of like, hey, let's let's be aggressive. Let's do some things we might not normally do when we're 0 and 5 in our offense has scored 11 points against Kansas. Like, mm -hmm. I think I like, why is that adjustment not being made mid season or why is like that mentality not even being like considered a little bit mid season. So. Yeah, no, I, I don't really have much else to say. I think, um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't feel good about this, this team um, basketball is coming up. So that's, that's something I'm glad you brought that up. That was um, a bright spot. Got uh, what, what do you call it? TJ Otzel ball. Otzel ball. Is that what we call it? 
the wizard of Oz. No, but sure. That, I mean, that too, that too. Yeah. We do need to give some game predictions though, going into the weekend. Um, and I, I mean, we've been so close on all of them. I mean, I was about perfect last week on it. I, I, yeah, I wasn't too far. I said 31, 17 well, and it was, I thought we were going to score the most 14. points we were going to. I, I did say 27. I, think I, said, I said we were so. Yeah. Well, I do think, um, I don't think West Virginia is going to be outstanding against us. I think it'll probably be like a, a 24 to, you know what, you know what, 24, 27, Iowa State. I, I think, I think this is the one we're going to win. It's at home. It's homecoming. Um, I think Iowa State's going to be playing very, very pissed off. I think the defense has the ability to play really well against them. And I think they will. And I don't know. I, I don't, this is like lame of me. I, I'm the definition of insanity right now. You know, thinking that Tom Manning is going to do something differently than he hasn't all year. Um, but yeah, whatever. 27, 24, Th- this one should be the game that we win. Like this should stop the losing streak. Um, hell, like you said, maybe make us bowl eligible if we go on a little bit of something here, but yeah, I, I think this is a classic Iowa state. Wow. We've been really disappointing lately. Let's go balls to the wall and actually win something here. I don't know. I'm not at all confident in that. <laughs> I'm not at all confident either. This is the last game of the year that like, if, if I don't like see some sort of like inspiration with this team that I just, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be, you know, like, I don't know. This is the last week basically for adjustments to happen. Like adjustments need to be made this week against West Virginia to give us hope to going into like Oklahoma state and stuff. I, I want to be like, optimistic and say that's going to happen because it's like hey like maybe they'll they'll realize like um that like uh you got this uh, i don't know like (laughs) maybe they'll realize like hey okay like we can i don't know like like i said have some sort of hope or motivation for the year it's also like it'd also be very iowa state for them to like come out and actually look decent and, and raise our expectations again before Oklahoma state. And then like, you know, we, we go and play Oklahoma state and just like go back to uh, getting slaughtered or whatever. Um, I, I do like that. We're both desperate though. You know, this is two desperate teams playing for the bottom of the big 12. Technically, technically both, both could be bowl eligible if they win this. Uh, they're not out. They're not out of the conversation. So I don't know. This is this is gonna be a fun game in a way. Two. I love it when two desperate teams just collide, and that's literally Mountaineers versus Cyclones. So this is gonna be a fun one. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I don't know. It's. Wait. What was your score prediction again? I haven't given one. I. I. Because I still like. Nice. I, I think. Iowa State's favored by seven, which I was like shocked to kind of see. Um. Hmm. hmm. And I just, I just, I don't know. I, I, I this is going to be, like I said, I, I think this is the make or break game of like, are you going to see some fight in this team the rest of the year? Or are you going to kind of see this team maybe roll over the rest of the year? You know, if they can't beat a lowly West Virginia team at home, like it's going to, it's going to make everyone feel like not great um, and, and pretty apathetic uh, the rest of the season. But like, it could be one where it's like, Hey, Maybe we could do something in Oklahoma State. So I'm going to be, you know what? I'm going to be optimistic here. Maybe we can do something in Oklahoma State, and I think we'll beat West Virginia. Uh, let's say nice. 24 this. to 10. 24-10. Okay. Yeah. Defense steps up. That is off, that, Offense that, still can't do anything. <laughs> that's got to be the most impressive blowout that Iowa State will, will have. A fourteen I mean, point blowout. That, that's technically a blowout in our in our definition. <laughs> if we win by more than one possession, that's a blowout for Iowa State's offense. So, hell yeah, I like that. Twenty four ten. Um, all right, I don't know how to wrap this up. This is kind of a bummer of an episode. We got to admit it. This this it's been a bummer of a football season. <laughs> this is probably a really you know? tough episode to listen to. It was pretty tough to. Record. I don't think it's a tough lie. episode because I think a lot of the Cyclone fan base is probably thinking what we're thinking. Like, yeah. I don't think I don't think we're an anomaly. We're also not like some media bullshit that gets like paid by Iowa State to like try and spin something or like we have to have yeah. an in with whatever. We're just like. Yeah, we're frustrated as hell and watching this team sucks. And that's like what everyone said on Twitter is like watching this Start team therapy. sucks. Yeah. You know, going so, on a like, hey, ranting. 
yeah, this is this is your cyclone football therapy session of like, yeah, like you're you're okay for feeling like annoyed and not wanting to watch this team a little bit because we feel you the same hurt. way. Yes. You know, you are validated, so, Cyclone Nation. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, if you made it this far, um, head on over to isucyclonesports.com as well for um, updates on the season. <laughs> yeah, go go there if you want. I mean, th- this is also one of those things where when Iowa State's winning, I consume every form of cyclone content I can. And when they're not, I'm like, yeah, I think I'm just going to go a different direction with the sports content I consume. But head on over there. They, they do some good work. Um, obviously, check out our boys at Iowa Chill. Got some deals on some Iowa Chill clothing, as well as, last but not least, BNC Fieldhouse. Please head on over there. Support our boy, Ben. They have good deals. Drink your sorrows away, right? That's a very healthy thing for us to promote when you're sad. Go drinking. That's um, that's what a lot of people do, and a lot of people say that it helps them. Just kidding. Drink responsibly. But, um, New, any last words before we say roll clones? Sorry for being pessimistic. I'm frustrated. Um, I still love Iowa State. Ride or die. Clones. Roll clones, baby. All right. Roll clones. Thanks for tuning in.